guys, how's it going? Halo Theorist here, coming at you guys with my first podcast. I'm joined today by my good friend Alex. Please say hi, Alex. Hey. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about one of the most generalized things I, I could think of. You know, I want this introductory podcast to be something something good, maybe something we know a lot about. So we're, we're going to start today by talking about Master Chief, uh, you know, the Master Chief, Spartan Petty Officer John 117. And pretty much a lot of his, his backstory, his history, maybe how he is or who he is in Halo 1, 2, and 3, maybe compared to how he is in even games like 4 and 5. Because in my opinion, um, and I would like to say with the direction that 343 is going, he's much more of a, a, a different character, a verbal character. He has a lot more lines and he has a lot more to him. But before I do any of that, I'm actually going to give some backstory and maybe some explanation of why he is the way he is in Halo 1, 2, and 3, and maybe how he came to be. Um, what I want to start by explaining is where Master Chief came from. Uh, Master Chief was born on Eridanus 2, which in the Halo universe is considered an outer colony. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the outer colonies are worlds that are farther away from Earth. Uh, a lot of the... I guess, uh, United Earth Government, which is the governmental system that's in place pr prior to the UNSC and the attack of the Covenant with the Human Covenant War, uh, is what they're what's in place uh, for a government prior to the UNSC militarizing them due to the necessity of how bad the war is with the Covenant. And from there, Master Chief is on Eridanus II, and he's actually kidnapped at a very young age, at the age of six, by ONI, or ONI, which is the Office of Naval Intelligence. Now, for those of you, again, who don't know, these guys are very, very shady and sneaky group of people. Um, throughout the Halo universe, you'll learn that they do some of the most um, immoral things that happen, but a lot of times their justification is for the betterment of humanity. So John, Officer 117, or John, again, as we know in the Master Chief, is conscripted at age six at a very young age, also with along with 75 other recruits, or 74 other recruits, I should say. Um, these recruits are handpicked by an individual named Dr. Catherine Halsey. Uh, this individual is extremely smart, uh, had a doctoral by the age of 12, and another doctoral um, prior to the, I guess, the, you, the conscription of the Spartans. Uh, in their training, uh, they were trained relentlessly, um, even again at the age of six, through a, a boot, pretty much a 24-7 boot camp on the planet called Reach, which is, yes, the same Reach from the video game Halo Reach. However, um, it's not the same events that are covered. Um, on this planet, they're trained for a number of years, uh, about 14 years prior to the first contact with the Covenant. Uh, something that should be mentioned is that the Spartans themselves were not originally designed to fight the Covenant. They were actually made to help the United Earth government and their issue that they were having with people called insurrectionists. As I mentioned before, the outer colonies, which are farther away from Earth, were actually having issues due to the lack of resources and other fairness issues, I guess I should say, compared to the inner colonies in Earth. Uh, the neglection of the outer colonies was quite severe in some cases, and during the Human Covenant War, sparked some serious issues later that you see in games like Halo 4 and 5 due to what they feel like is the UNSC abandoning them when the Covenant attack. So with the Covenant attack and most of the Spartans actually dying during their training process along with what's the severe part which were the augmentations where only 33 of the 75 Spartans actually survive a few other stragglers being knocked off earlier and a few others not necessarily dying but needing to be rehabilitated just due to the severeness of these augmentations on kids. 
Now, to go back a little bit, um, a question that might be asked is, why would, one, you use kids? And Dr. Catherine Halsey actually provides an explanation for this, saying that children's minds are more easily adaptable to augmentations. And the severeness of these augmentations of what they are doing to kids in order to make their bones as strong as mental or as metal and their minds as mentally strong as possible, that adults wouldn't be able to handle that. Uh, their development is too far along the line and they're too grown. So as a result, kids are kidnapped. Uh, the following question would be then is, you know, how do they get away with kidnapping kids? And something that should be mentioned here that in the Halo universe around this time, ONI was capable of producing what are called Flash clones. And Flash clones are clones that are made that only survive about a year to two years. And these were actually made to replace the kids that were being kidnapped. So it would look like the kids who were kidnapped were then actually, you know, had either a, a severe unknown issue, I guess a physical issue that or an illness that would, you know, have them pretty much be killed. And in the eyes of the parents, they would never know the they wouldn't know the better. Um, so, uh, by the time you know two to three years passed, there were only a few flash clones that luckily had somehow survived, even the you know with with their illnesses and issues that happened to them. Their their bodies deteriorate, and there's actually a story from Halo Legends which goes a little bit deeper into it uh, with you know Spartans who weren't happy, or at least uh, prior to them being Spartans, kids who weren't happy with the way that they were being treated and some of their, you know, attempts to escape. Um, what this will eventually lead into is, you know, the first contact, which is on the planet Harvest, where Chief, as well as a, a number of other Spartans who aren't actually on the planet when it happens, but near it, uh, are given their armor, which is known as the Mjolnir armor, and this was the armor known as the Mark IV armor. Uh, this armor is, is somewhat iconic uh, due to it being a piece of Mjolnir armor, which is designed by Catherine Halsey as well, and is somewhat of the second part to the Spartan program. It is uh, the, the, the first part is the kids and their intense training as well as their augmentations to make them super soldiers. And the second part was the Mjolnir armor. Now, in short, this armor is extremely expensive. It, it is almost as expensive as a starship in the Halo universe. And it was not very, not weighted very lightly when first, I guess, proposed to Oni and the UNSC for reasoning to make it. Um, unbeknownst to a lot of the Spartans, the armor was originally very dangerous and was tested on people prior to the Spartans. However, they were not able to handle it due to this extreme magnification. Um, the Spartan armor itself is actually linked neurologically to the brain of the wearer and amplifies their movements once they start. Uh, this results in individuals who aren't able to handle the movement having sort of a, a spaz reaction to it and having pretty much the armor crush them within it, uh, which is sort of kind of like being squished in a trash compactor uh, that is pretty much amplifying every spaz that you're having as you are having it. Um, this being said, the only individuals capable of wearing Mjolnir armor are Spartans due to their genetic enhancements. But leading up to that, Chief is then early, early on teamed up with a few other people which are known in the squad as Blue Team. Uh, this consists of the Master Chief, John117, Linda, Kelly, and Fred104. Uh, they together throughout the Halo, you know, the Halo timeline complete more missions than any other members of the UNSC together. And 
become widely known as one of the greatest Spartan teams uh, pretty much to exist up to the point of Halo 5 and where we're at now. Uh, Chief spends an extensive amount of time with Blue Team and their, their, their bond becomes very close together, which you kind of is explained in Halo 5 with when Cortana is re, re, uh, reintroduced so, so because they had never met her before. But as a quick sum up, uh, that's pretty much all there is with Chief and, and how he is. But today what we want to talk about is Chief's development in Halo 1, 2, and 3, and 4, 5, and 6. So I'll hand it over to Alex here for a minute and you know just have him talk about and we'll, we'll discuss how does Chief somewhat change throughout the Halo games from even his history into 1, 2, and 3, and then how does he maybe change again as it switches, you know, the game switches developers into 3, 4, 3, as well as Halo 4 and 5. So Alex, tell me, what do you think about Chief in Halo 1, 2, and 3? What, what kind of person is he like? What kind of character? What was Bungie going for? Okay, well, it should be noted that he is a little bit different in those games than he is in the books, which is kind of what you were referring to. Um, there's there's a whole lot to mm -hmm. go in there, but that's not what we're going to do here today. In the... In the um, first three games um he's very he's very simple he's very stoic for the most part any lines he has are like cool lines he has a cool voice he's very calm composed and he is very very simple he's more akin to a character like doom guy in the doom series who shoots first asks questions never <laughs> um kind of yeah, like exactly yeah if, this is very 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 um much apparent with various actions that he takes in all first in all the first three games um an example in halo one is when uh <laughs> when master chief and cortana like first go and they find the control room on the halo ring i guess before Actually, no, I, I screwed up the order there. So, basically, Chief finds Guilty Spark, and he doesn't really ask him a lot of questions about the Halo Ring, because Guilty Spark tells him that it's, I believe he tells him that it's, like, a weapon, but he doesn't ask any specifications. He just thinks, oh, it's a weapon that'll kill the Covenant. He has very, very simple view on things, and so it takes someone like Cortana, who really balances him out, because Chief is the is the muscle and Cortana is the brains and or like the brains and the brawn is a better way of saying it, and yeah, basically kinda, Cortana kind of like guides him and Chief kind of is point and shoot type and uh, you know say the badass line almost like Terminator and yeah, Cortana's more like yeah behind the curtain you know doing all the works pointing him in the right direction. That's true. Um, now, with when it comes to Master Chief, a perfect example, uh, I guess I, I, aside from that line that I listed in Halo 1, is another example in uh, Halo 3 when he actually has to rescue Cortana, which is a nice reversal from um, how things were in the first games, uh, or in Halo 1 and Halo 2, rather. And what he says is, I try shooting my way out and mix things up a little. He's very, this just further shows his very simple, gung-ho, very uh, stoic, determined, calm, collected personality. There's never a moment in the first three Halo games where Master Chief is uncertain of himself, and he's always comfortable what, with what he's doing when he's with Cortana. And this, and his story, he doesn't have much of a story arc necessarily, um, at least like an emotional one like he does in Halo 4, um, but mm -hmm. 
he his character, like I said before, just very very simple, badass, sim to the point. He's very 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 much like Doom Guy, more or less. Um, the Bungie developers yeah, even mean... said that he was a, supposed to be a blank slate for the player to inhabit and make the player feel empowered while they are playing as him. No, and yeah, he def they definitely feel empowered. I mean, I know a lot of Halo fans that regard the, the first three games as, you know, like a kind of like the Star Wars series where they're just, you know, they're I would say like they're untouchable. Every game does have its critiques and whatnot. What could be, you know, made better, I guess, yeah, made better about it. You know, a lot of people liking Halo Regional. But for the story-wise, for Master Chief, Halo 1, 2, and 3 are regarded as, as very high. And I feel that just on the developmental side of things that Chief didn't really have a lot to go off of in Halo 1. You know, they obviously it was the first game, but they didn't really try to make him into anything too crazy. Like you're saying, he's a, he's a blank slate. He's just, uh, you know, someone for the player to inhabit. And to you know explore the Halo universe in and to go through the to go through the steps, but I also feel like they did kind of maintain a pretty good story with Chief, and that by the end of Halo Three, I know there there is a difference between him. You know, he is regarded rather as a you know an individual character and a lot less like how you would maybe say like Noble Six is in Halo Reach, where you know they've hidden so much information about him just to preserve his ability to be inhabited by the player to. You know, to be, I guess, uh, identified with, similar to the player. Uh, really, what I would say from there, then, is that you know, Chief's relationship with Cortana is even somewhat touched on in Halo 1, 2, and 3. So, while I feel like, as you said, there's nowhere near as, you know, the same level of, you know, relationship that Chief has with Cortana in Halo 4 and Halo 5, I guess just due to the direction that they 343 decided to go with it, I still feel like he's a character. I mean, in Halo 2... The lines of dialogue he has, while I would say mostly in the cutscenes, is still Jurassic, you know, way more than they were in Halo CE. Yeah, I would, I would definitely um, agree with you there. Um, the bun, if a simple summary of the Bungie games is that they are, there is definitely a story, but the main focus is to be, have badass moments and just, it's a super fun simple story that's really badass and has a ton of cool character one-liners and things like that and 343 as we'll talk about a little later go takes a slightly different approach and really tries to flesh out master chief as a character emotionally um, and putting him in different challenges than he was in halos one to three um and I'm pretty sure you know a lot more about the background lore of uh, Halos 1 to 3 than I do, so I'm going to turn that over to you now. Well, I, I would ask really quick, you know, just just to ask, you know, what what would you say about, I guess, Master Chief it, with, with this character being flushed out like that? I mean, a lot of people regard Halo 1, 2, and 3 uh, as great because, you know, the, they kind of said that Master Chief became too complicated. In Halo Four, in Halo Four and Five, and they, you know, a lot of people didn't like the direction that, you know, Three Four Three took with Halo Four. But funny enough, uh, Halo Five is literally, if you watch the, you know, Halo Three Essentials and the commentary on that disc of Halo One and Two in the cutscenes, is the exact plot that they were going to have for Halo One with Cortana being. I guess, uh, riddled with power, you know, he becomes over overwhelmed with power and, you know, wants to take over the universe. 
Yeah. But rather they chose to go with the way that they went instead. And as a result, you know, it's what we know now rather than what we know, you know, with what could have been. And so had they gone that route, it would have been a much different game. But even with Halo 3, the legendary ending of Halo 3 shows the forward unto dawn, the ship that you, that is cut in half in, by the front, by the portal um, that led back to Earth and the back, which was the explosion of the Ark, the arc, drifting towards a planet. So sometimes I find it not necessarily hard to believe that Bungie did not have somewhere to go with Chief and his story. Yeah. But yes, it was the end of that that story arc, that that character trilogy between Chief and Cortana and even the Arbiter and other important characters that develop. But Halo 1 was was extremely simple. And by the time we get to Halo 4, I mean just like with any series, you know, a lot of complicated things, a lot of moving parts are are involved and to try to pick that up, you know, I do have a respect for 343, um, especially with Halo 4. Personally, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed the, you know, where they were going with, with Chief, and I felt like that is where he was supposed to go. Um, now with Halo 5, again, every game does have its, you know, advantages, disadvantages, and, and critique that it can be done with it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't treat Halo 5 necessarily as the same. But with Halo 4, it, Chief is really where I believe he should have been. Um, he still has a fair amount of, you know, of, of good lines, but at the end of it, we really do see Chief going through this new transition. And I feel like the whole game transitioned him very well from, as you were saying, the, the Doom guy sort of mentality uh, that he has in 1, 2, and 3, where he's a very point-and-shoot type character doing, you know, incredibly badass things, but a lot more of his humanity being flushed out in the books or extended lore. So moving into Halo 4 and 5, I mean, what was it about those games? Because you've let me know before that that's your favorite game is Halo 4. Yeah, definitely. And when it came out, I, I liked it a lot as well. You know, What about that makes it your favorite game? What about it with, with um, Chief and everything makes it your favorite game? Okay, well, I mean, for me in the Halo series, story has always been a huge part for me. I mean, I love the multiplayer. I love every part of the game. But um, for me, story has always been one of the biggest things. And I love to death Halo 4's story because, well, I do love the um, the very simple, straight-to-the-point, badass um, space adventure, space opera, whatever you want to call it type story. I love how you're finally seeing what Master Chief's kind of insane life, because, I mean, let's let's be real it's not it's not normal to become a child super soldier and then spend your entire life fighting aliens and it is going to have and, a psychological yeah, and prior to that game they you. don't even really they don't they don't talk about it very much i mean there's like the the grunt at the end of halo 3 um where if you're playing that level you can actually see uh you know this grunt talk to you and you know he kind of says that but with you know in-game lore there's not a lot of you know show and tell really about master chief's life and everything you know all of it is kind of hidden within the the extended lore in the books so by the time halo 4 comes around they really i feel like they did a good job incorporating that into the game that that's what had happened and and while they didn't kind of just explain all of it outright they did make it prevalent in the game yeah i can agree um i guess like to put it quite simply i I know that um, I love Halo 4 because I love watching emotional journeys for characters, especially for characters that are shown to be, like, in a very, very, in a rather simple, I don't mean simple in a negative way, um, and just, I guess, a rather simple, straightforward to the point, you know, Terminator, badass, fighter kind of way. It was very interesting just to see how 
Master Chief would react to situations that he's uncomfortable with. Um, and it's also kind of amazing and extremely heartbreaking in, you know, the best way possible. At the end of Halo 4, when um, Cortana ends up, unfortunately, well, I mean, for, for that time anyway, um, being dead. And you can just see Master Chief's complete and utter devastation. Because for the first time in the whole series, you hear his voice. It sounds strained. It sounds weak. He slumps his shoulders. And everything in the world is literally symbolic. His world is literally, you know, falling around him, which is supposed to be symbolic. Yeah, like literally and symbolically. Every... I mean, yeah. If, you, <laughs> yeah, if you analyze that end scene, it's definitely, you know, very symbolic. It's very, you know, there's a lot of illusions drawn that can be drawn from that scene to Master Chief's current situation. And, I mean, I, I feel that that is where that should have went. I mean, there's, with Halo 4 stories, I was saying before, everything about 1, 2, and 3 kind of led to where Halo 4 was. And I, I kind of don't understand where people are drawing this disconnect between Halo 1, 2, and 3 and Halo 4. I mean, I think I might know if, where like, it is. Yes, the, yeah. So, okay, yeah, I by think, all means. So, with Halo 4, now... I could understand people want it to be a sequel to Halo 3, and in many respects, you could argue that it's not a sequel to Halo 3. Being in tone, it's very different, obviously. I mean, in the beginning, you mm -hmm. could, and also, it's not just in tone, also another disconnect, which I don't think we're going to get into too much today, but for many people, the sudden art style change, how Master Chief looks different, everything looks different at the start of Halo 4, and it's not necessarily given, at least in-game to many players, a completely clear explanation as to why everything is so different and I think that maybe the jump from Halo 3 to 4 may have been slightly too much for some players um, and also mm -hmm. I mean if you were to compare the game story-wise and tonally speaking they're very different and I think people have a very which is understandable I have a personal connection to the my favorite Halo games obviously as well that the transition basically between Halo 3 and 4 it wasn't even though I love Halo 4, it's my favorite game, it wasn't a very, it wasn't a subtle transition necessarily. It was very um, abrupt, and it was very different emotionally and tonally. And I don't think that many people necessarily wanted to have like a uh, emotional slow. Well, I don't know if I want to say slow. Basically, I don't think many people wanted to have a very um, emotional. Um, emotionally charged character driven story especially for a character like master chief who up to this point they had maybe seen as like you know kind of like doom guy he's supposed to be cool badass composed always knows what yeah, he has he's to not do supposed to lose his to, yeah, yeah I see. he's not supposed to lose his composure so i can really i guess i can really see where you're coming from in that sense you know master chief is idolized master chief is i mean he's the chief like even humanity in lore he is just regarded as this you know, this just is, I'm gonna say this ultimate warrior that can't be phased by anything. Uh, that, that's clearly how he's described in pretty much every piece of Halo lore prior to, you know, probably Halo 5 and, and maybe a few of the books and whatnot. Uh, even in the books, they don't really allude to him being anywhere near as, as, I would say, emotional as you see at the end of Halo 4, which still isn't a lot. I mean, that is a main focus point about Halo 4 is you know that this human qualities need to be brought out that yeah the relationship between him and cortana or you know is is that he should be the human and she should be the machine um, which 
as we've actually had the conversation before, is quite backwards of what's going on, where Chief is a human and acts more like a machine, and Cortana is, you know, considered a machine, beings that she's AI and all, and that, yes, yeah, she is generated from living tissue and acts like a human, but still it is created while Master Chief is, is born. And, and it's funny how they act like the opposite of what they are. Yeah. And are trying to help each other become more of what the other is I, supposed to be. I think be. a perfect scene yeah. to demonstrate that would be, um, there's, this is kind of, this is probably one of my favorite scenes in all of Halo 4. We talked about this a stupid amount. Um, it was that scene where Master Chief and Cortana, they're both in the Infinity, getting ready to, well, after Del Rio basically says, we're not going to help you. Um, beat all the forerunners and everything. Basically, when they're about to leave the Infinity to go and fight the forerunners, Cortana's base is telling Chief all the reasons why she knows the sun isn't real. And then Master Chief, it's clear that how she's, t by the way she's talking to him and what she's saying, that she is kind of, emo she's, uh, she's trying to, I think, look for some sort of comfort or get chief to open up in some sort of way and chief is just sitting there fiddling with his assault rifle and this shows perfectly how cortana is being emotionally open and chief is uncomfortable with being emotionally open he's uncomfortable with dealing with these sorts of things so all he he does what he all he knows how to really do which is like fiddle with his weapon you said that was a thing that he did in the books i believe like when he was uncomfortable yeah so that's a, that's a nervous tendency that chief has in the books that's mentioned and, and funny enough you know with how cortana is i guess like interlinked with chief uh, for those of you who don't know chief has neural implants of which cortana can pretty much almost know what he's thinking i mean she is very closely connected to him and and, and his thoughts are not as private as you know yours and mine where i can you know, no matter what i'm thinking i can i can hold i can hold back i can make you believe something else uh cortana has like a very close monitor on chief so to speak and knows when things are going on so in that moment it's uh it's a very kind of you know subtle nod to, to real detail that I, again i i applaud 343 for having because they took something that you know very few players would would know which is that Chief, you know, in his nervous tendency, you know, fiddles with his weapon. You know, he, may, he messes with his weapon and his guns in order to avoid having to be open about his feelings and whatnot and, and explain. And many Spartans do do those same things. However, it is, you know, purely alluded that Chief does that in, you know, in particular. And with that, again, I, I applaud 343 for having that kind of attention to detail and putting it in that cutscene. Uh, that cutscene is the introduction to, I believe, the level shutdown in Halo 4. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, but yeah, then, like you had said, they were chasing, they were going to chase the Didact, and Chief, knowing what's best, somewhat still having his Halo 1, 2, and 3 mentality and attitude of, you know, not really, you know, not really care, not going to say not caring, but knowing that he's right, having confidence in his decisions and ability, and at the same time, also just you know displaying a, a new side of chief that hasn't been necessarily explored yet and has only been somewhat left in the books uh i and i feel that that relationship with cortana was was the perfect way to flush that kind of relationship out i mean the relationship that chief has with arbiter yeah as mentioned in halo 5 um i would say the arbiter and uh, even as a, an elite is saying healy has more of an emotional connection between them than chief does you know, Chief you know, viewed him, views him as an ally and you know, someone that I would say that he can trust. 
or that he knows has his back, but nowhere near on like the level of Cortana, someone who feeds him information, knows his internal thoughts and and his feelings, despite whether he knows what they are or not. That's true. Um, one and more, so, I just want to say one last thing about yep, that scene, and then that, that's it. Something like, um, this is something you brought up to me, is that um, in that scene where he's talking with Cortana and fiddling with his assault rifle, there are two ways you could have interpreted that scene. Um, as like someone who doesn't really know much of the expanded lore, um, you could just interpret it as a scene, a normal typical scene between Chief and um, Cortana. But if you're someone who knows some of the expanded lore, i.e. the books or comics or whatever you, you want to think of, you will notice the more subtle details and nuances that 343 put in that scene. So I think this that's like, ama it was an amazing way to appeal to both kinds of fans because there's just simply two ways you could have interpreted the scene. But anyway, yeah, I, I just really want to say No, yeah, I agree. And as I was saying, I feel like it really gives a, a, a nod. I don't want to just, you know, applaud 343 for everything here. Don't get me wrong. They've, they have made a fair share of what I believe to be, you know, uh, discrepancies in, in what I believe should happen. And again, that's my own personal opinion, but my opinion also is shared that, yeah, they did a, they did a great job there. Because as you're saying, they could be interpreted you know, entirely, you know, just at, at surface level for players who don't know, and then very in-depth as well for players who are fluent with a lot of the Halo lore and a lot of the things that happen. And and to miss that, or not to miss it, but to see it sort of shows a whole new level of the Halo universe, which I love to talk about, you know, with, with individuals, including your including yourself. I mean, I could talk about Halo all day long, and Chief being one of the most interesting things that you can look to and examine. I mean, he has five games of which he's in and everything he does in those games you know every line could be looked at and examined and, and you know picked apart to just see how how he is and who he is at each point in time and that's what i really hope to accomplish with uh, this podcast today to just show the kind of progression that chief has had even since he was you know originally incorporated into the spartan program and conscripted i mean even from a young age chief was in, in, in halo one two and three was very just you know, he knew exactly what to do. He was a leader, and he's always been the leader of the Spartans. He's always had his composure, and he's always had this, you know, this I would say, this uh, you know, warrior mentality of, of, of just unrelenting unrelenting force that, well, hashtag Skyrim reference, um, <laughs> unrelenting force that, he, you know, that nothing can beat him, and that you know, he is he's unbreakable. That's true. And to then later now show that there is something that can break him, I guess well, I would say in some people's view can break his character, which is, you know, that's like the opposite of my view where I'm like, oh, no, 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 they're, they're bringing out more of his character. They're like, no, that's not Chief. That's understandable. That's not the Master Chief. I know that's not the I, I understand I yeah. why people don't want him to change. I mean, I think it's I, I think it's okay for him to change and for you to see more sides of him, but I really do understand why people wouldn't want him to change because... I mean, if you were to take someone like Doom Guy, and then have like a story where you really get to see you get to see Doom Guy, I don't know, go through some sort of emotional journey. I mean, I'll be honest, that would be a little bit weird. I mean, it could potentially work, but I would definitely not be. I would definitely not suggest the idea. Yeah, I don't of think myself. it would appeal to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah it, it would. It would very. It wouldn't very appeal. Much so break his character. Yeah. It wouldn't appeal to me. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't want them to necessarily take risks, but I think that's the I, I think that's the mentality that a good amount of the um, of like the people who prefer the Bungie games more 
over the 343 games, at least in terms of story. How, I think that's kind of how they saw the decision that 343 made to explore more of Master Chief emotionally as a person. Um, but anyway, I, we've, we've talked to death about Halo 4. Uh, do you want to talk about Halo 5 story at all, or do you just want to get to like some no yeah Halo, I mean, Halo 5 is kind of you know a lot of people even the 343 friends are kind of like you know what what happened with Halo 5 and I think it's funny that you mentioned the taking risks um that you know you would like 343 to take take some risks and with Halo 2 like as he you know I with the Arbiter and the Arbiter levels I mean Bungie felt like they were taking a huge risk and I personally remember when Halo 2 came out and the conflicts that some people had just with the the arbiter and the arbiter levels and them not liking it while meanwhile i, I mean i regarded them as absolutely great i i loved the arbiter levels i mean they were they were like that and, and it was a huge risk and you know in in the eyes of you know some of the three four or the uh, bungee developers they saw it as something that paid off uh, that they were able to explore more of the covenant side of things and that they were able to tell somewhat of a different story so you know going to halo 5 with that now I really wish that you know, 343 had gone along with the Hunt the Truth series. And I don't know if you listen to the Hunt the Truth audio, but for those of you who haven't, I extremely recommend listening to that because that was some of the best, I guess, extent, you know, expanded lore that I've ever, you know, I would say seen, but it's actually heard. It's, it's all audiophiles from any piece of Halo, Halo lore. I mean, short of maybe some of the books like Ghosts of Onyx, and uh, Halo First Strike, it, it was definitely one of the best things I've seen. And it, it very much so uh, questioned Chief's character and made you somewhat believe that maybe there was a reason why Chief was committing the actions he was committing in-game. And was a, I believe would have been a great leeway to what the early Halo 5 trailers were showing us, where Chief was supposed to possibly be a traitor and you know his character was in question with what had happened to him. However, that risk wasn't necessarily made, and as a result, Halo 5's story became, I believe, what it is. Yeah, Halo 5's story... Which is somewhat I think, all over the place. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. Um, I think... Now, I could be wrong on this, but I'm I, I remember reading some things about Halo 5's story development having a rather... It was rather chaotic and had a fair amount of rewrites... And when a story has to go th undergo such dramatic changes, I think that can definitely result in the story not necessarily being of the quality that the writers intended it to be, or the developers intended yeah, it to be. Yeah, the original intention. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's not to excuse Halo 5's story, because there are issues with it, aside from just, um, you could argue, misleading marketing. Another interesting case of misleading marketing that I think a good amount of people forget about is with Halo 2. Um, I actually think of Halo 2 and Halo 5 as having very similar problems, I and mean, obviously they yeah, are the they are very uh, different. illusion I was going to draw, the connection. They're very different in the sense of, you know, where Chief is at in those in those games. And, you know, keeping, you know, along with the podcast, Chief and, and what he does in those games. I mean, in Halo 2, Chief is, you know, he is there for, you know, a lot of the levels, a lot more than Halo 5 is. That's one of the big complaints that they have about Halo 5, where Chief is not there. And that we only play a few missions as chief. That's definitely so, true. So again, yeah, where where does where does that you know I guess where do you draw the line on that? Where it's a mainline Halo game, just like Halo Two is. However, we play a number of missions in Halo Two as the Arbiter. Yeah, kind of like how you in Halo Five is locked. Like 
Yeah. And yeah, just like how you play in Halo 5 is Locke. However, Chief just doesn't really go through any of that emotional change like he was in Halo 4. He wasn't, uh, I guess, questioned on his, you know, morality, maybe as, you know, a traitor or, you know, where his allegiance lies. Or even a lot of maybe his, you know, I would say sanity with, after what happened with Cortana at the end of Halo 4. Yeah, I, I um, think Halo 5 storied a lot of potential, though. Driven. Like, I think... No, I definitely agree. I, yeah. I was just going to say... Now, I know that it's very it's very easy, and I understand, and honestly, my biases make me partly agree, that bringing Cortana back, you know, after her death, her untime, her sad death in Halo 4 could, like, completely undermine the purpose of Halo 4, but I don't think it necessarily undoes his emotional journey, and I think that if they had just written it a little better, then Chief's reunification of Cortana only for her to betray him could have been emotionally gut-wrenching i just think given the way the story was written and how few missions you get with the chief and the fact that you were literally revealed that cortana is still alive through a flashback well, i mean i guess not necessarily the flashback but through the radio that they could have i, I think that the way yeah, they did the, it was bad domain. but the yeah. idea wasn't necessarily bad um it's kind I, of yeah, a complicated I that. situation that would have been it would have been great to have Chief, you know, in the last few levels, do everything that Halo 5 had. Had they condensed the game down and focused on the Hunt the Truth and Chief, you know, being somewhat, uh, not insane, so to speak, but unstable with what had happened in Halo 4, being the first half of the game with Locke, i.e., you know, like how he is with the Arbiter in Halo 2, chasing him throughout the game and questioning, you know, some of the actions that Chief is committing you know, in-game, to then, at the end of the game, have Chief meet Cortana and, you know, have the vision and do everything that happens would have been such a different game, would have been a much different emotional change for Chief and probably better accurately represented what he was going through and why he was doing the actions that he was. I mean, at, at the beginning of Halo 5, I mean, Chief just instantly decides to go AWOL um, and, and, and do that. I mean, he pretty much with no i'm not gonna say rhyme or reason but with, but with no real support of why he's doing it other than cortana's been with him for that long he just immediately chooses to make the decision uh, you know he kind of loses his composure so to speak but at the same time doesn't he just makes a decision and says this is what i'm doing and i find it just very very odd and very different even for a broken chief and is what I think that they're somewhat changing in Halo, Halo Infinite. Yeah, I, um, you know, looking at the Halo Infinite trailer. Yeah. Um. Do you want to? Uh, what do you think is gonna? I guess happen in Halo Infinite. Like what direct? Because after Halo 5's less than stellar reception to its story, as well as um, you know, the initially Halo 4's uh not so great reception because it's kind of funny halo 4 over time it seems that people became a little more accepting of it but halo 5 story maybe who knows maybe the same thing will happen with halo 5 you never know but um after the not so stellar reaction a positive reaction i should say to halo 5 story what do you think that they are going to try and do with the story in halo infinite and obviously we, we're not this is this part is mostly just speculation we don't necessarily know entirely what's going to happen <laughs> No, right. I definitely agree. Um, going to, I guess, kind of shameless plug here to my 
uh, most recent YouTube video with uh, Chief's reconciliation with Cortana, I, I definitely believe that now Chief has a different mentality against Cortana. Even at the end of Halo 5, uh, Chief is a little bit more open and, I guess, willing to accept the fact that maybe his approach isn't the right approach to what's going on and how to deal with Cortana. And I believe that there could be a possibility that, you know, there's a, as we've heard in the secret audio of the Halo 5 uh, trailer, the Discover Hope trailer, that there could be a second Cortana made. And that might somehow help psychologically with Chief and, and his loss and combating the original Cortana. Um, in, in one of the cutscenes of Halo 4, and, and I mentioned in the video, Cortana definitely believes that Dr. Halsey can make an, you know another version of her. Uh, and as we see in the Discover Hope trailer, we see an AI chip that is you know designated CTN0453-0, which is only one number off of Cortana's current serial number, which is 04 or CTN0452-9. So I mean the possibilities there definitely exist, and I think that Chief is going to have a much better a different mentality against with or against Cortana and how he needs to handle her in the situation with her. Um, I believe he's more well put together now after after this time. As we know, there's kind of an extended period of time between the two games. And I would like to really see where Chief lies when he meets Cortana. Uh, what situations are going to be surrounding their reconciliation and how maybe can it be you know how can their their bond be recovered or how is it going to end? Um, she you know Cortana and Chief have done a lot for each other and in Halo Four one of the last few lines you know they talk about you know they were supposed to take care of each other they were supposed to do that and and Chief in Halo Five you know is attempting I guess to fulfill his job that he had originally promised and sees a second chance. And maybe that's why he acts the way that he does in Halo 5. That's why he starts with those actions. That's true. Knows by Halo Infinite that it's that's not the way that he can go about it. Um, Cortana has to be willing to either help herself, uh, which you know he was unable to get through to her, even so much so as making himself vulnerable, possibly being locked in a cryptum for you know thousands and thousands of years. So now he's taking a much different approach and is a little bit more stern, I would say, and a little bit more headstrong against the idea that Cortana is the same. He definitely knows now that she needs to be stopped and seems to have some sort of plan or mentality that is, that is better toned, or I guess better tuned to dealing with her. It's not just so much so as, as only he can necessarily help her. You know, because that's how I feel that in Halo 5 it barely came across. I'm I'm honestly really curious about what kind of story they're going to tell. Like I'm I wonder because with Halo Four and Five, obviously they're very different tonally speaking from the original Bungie games. So I wonder because I know that the um the guy the creative director or at least I I think his name was Chris something. He said that he, um and also other three four three devs um have said that the game is supposed to be a soft reboot i believe is their exact words um mm -hmm. for the halo series so i wonder if this next game is going to be more of an emotional journey for master chief or if maybe they just kind of want to try and make the game more like uh how the bungie developers made it where 
it's more of a power fantasy. It's more of a fun, fast-paced, I don't know, action-adventure type thing. Instead of an emotion, yeah, well, more of an emotional journey like Halo, Halo 4. Defined, yeah. Halo defined what, you know, first-person shooters are like and what, you know, sci-fi space opera is supposed to look like. Because, I mean, that, that really is what it is. It, it's sci-fi space opera. And, and you know, there are games like Mass Effect and, and other ones that kind of also accurately represent that kind of story where, you know, you're running around the galaxy and, and you're, you know, you're shooting aliens and, and you're kicking ass and you're supposed to be having a good time and that a good story can still be written within that while maintaining the attributes and, you know, characteristics of, of certain individuals within the universe. So I guess in opposition, like you're saying to my point where I feel like he is going to be a little bit, you know, more stern towards it, maybe now he is just going to like you said it's a soft reboot he is going to just become you know the same individual like he was back in halo 1 2 and 3 and just take the actions needed and you know the most badass way that you know 343 can make him you know make him can, you know, i guess do those actions and at the same time still keep the i would say the, the storyline going uh i guess have it make sense from a lore perspective which i i would credit you know deeply if they are able to to complete all of that all in one go yeah uh, I, so i guess let's just you know let's just the last little finish up uh you know what what do you think about that um i definitely agree with what you're saying that would be cool i guess from you know like you said a lore perspective and just to see it would be cool to see him be badass and stuff again however i mean my if i my personal this is my obviously what i personally hope to happen and it doesn't have to be what i want in order for it to be great um, I mean, I would love to see almost, like, it can be more fast-paced, um, and more action-adventure-y type th story, like, uh, the original Bungie games were. However, I don't want them to just necessarily throw the baby out with the bathwater and just completely forget about Master Chief's emotional journey, because I still think that there is a lot of potential for very emotional, um, character moments, in um halo infinite if they stick even a little bit to the um to what they were kind of setting up in halo 4 and also at the beginning of halo 5 to an extent as well um so i don't know my hopes is that it's an emotional but also really fun story i think they definitely have the potential to make it that way they really seem they seem to understand more and more like it seems that the more that 343 makes Halo, the more they seem to understand how to make certain parts of it better. Like, I think, honestly, kind of like how the Bungie, um, the Bungie games, the more they worked, the better they seemed to get their footing. Because even the Bungie developers admit, I highly recommend you guys watch the developer commentaries for the campaigns. Even the Bungie developers admit, like, certain flaws that they had with, um, the Halo 1 and 2 campaigns. Um, it's very interesting, so I really, really, really hope that 343 is able to make the best possible Halo game of their trilogy, at the very least, um, in Halo Infinite. I think that would be a really, really, really cool, I don't know, next installment in the series. Yeah, I think that having that, you know, maybe even possibly with the, you know, the end of of Master Chief, you know, in his story arc and as his character would be, if they were able to nail that, would kind of give him a good resting spot. Uh, um, you know, unlike maybe where, at least I personally feel like Chief was sitting at the end of Halo 3, 
where you know, we believe that the covenant and the flood flood were gone, but clearly there was a legendary ending, and there was still so much unknown about the forerunners. That's true. So now with all of that filled, it would be nice to possibly see all all of that come together and then finally be finished. But I just want to say thanks, Alex, for talking to me again. I love talking about Halo stuff. Hopefully, we'll have a you know some podcasts here in the future that we can continue talking oh, hey, about yeah. you know, yeah, really so nice topics like this. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you guys want to, uh, just so you know, we post a video every Wednesday on SoundCloud and YouTube uh, with this uh, podcast. So please feel free to tune in. I'll leave a link to the SoundCloud in the description below. We also do custom game nights. I'll leave a link to my Instagram below so you guys can see when those are. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a great time. Thank you.